Good morning, church. For those of you who don't know me, my name is Jake Elliott, and I'm the pastor of worship here at the church. And it's a real honor to have the opportunity to preach for you this morning. Today we're going to be talking about receptiveness to the Word of God. And we're going to do that by looking at Jesus' parable of the sower, the sower of seeds. But before we dive into the parable itself, I always find that I get so much more out of Jesus' teachings when I look at where they fit in his story, in his amazing ministry here on earth. And, and when, when I hear it as a story and not just a textbook teaching, I find that I can apply its truth to my own story. And in such times as these, we as a church and as individuals have some things to learn from this particular parable. And just as a reminder, a parable is a profound truth about God's kingdom presented in an, a simple earthly story. So let's, let's talk about the story. This is Jesus' first ever parable. Before this, he'd been teaching in synagogues throughout different villages, and he'd been performing healings and miracles and mentoring his disciples along the way. And one commentary I read on this passage says that this first parable was a turning point in his ministry because the doors of the synagogues were slowly closing on him as the Pharisees and other religious leaders of the Jewish people were becoming more and more opposed to Jesus' ministry. So, so this is why this parable is so crucial to understanding his ministry is because it's a turning point. He's gone from these teachings, these clear teachings, to now these parables. And, and just after this parable, there comes a sweet moment where Jesus is alone with his disciples. And I like to imagine that they're by a campfire or, or in one of their homes and he's telling them why he's teaching in parables. And he explains this parable. So here it is. This is Matthew 13, 1 through 9. That same day, Jesus went out of the house and sat beside the sea. Such great crowds gathered around him that he got into a boat and sat there, while the whole crowd stood on the beach. And he told them many things in parables, saying, Listen, a sower went out to sow, and as he sowed, some seeds fell on the path, and the birds came up and ate them. Other seeds fell on rocky ground, where they did not have much soil, and they sprang up quickly, since they had no depth of soil. But when the sun rose, they were scorched, and since they had no root, they withered away. Other seeds fell among thorns, and the thorns grew up and choked them. Other seeds fell on good soil and brought forth grain, some a hundredfold, some sixty, some thirty. Let anyone with ears listen. So after this, when Jesus is with his disciples and he explains 
the parable. This is the only parable that we have Jesus' direct explanation of it to his disciples. This is what he explains. The seed is the word of the kingdom of God. Those are his words. The word of the kingdom of God is what the seed represents. And the sower is anyone bringing that word. And I believe that this applies to the prophets that came before Jesus. It applies to his disciples and the church that would preach the gospel to Gentiles later. But in this moment, in this scene, it's, it's talking about Jesus. He's talking about himself. He is the sower, the bringer of God's truth, the word of the kingdom of God. The ground on which the seed falls is the ears of all who hear the word of God, but the soil is various in its receptiveness to it. So he starts with seed that falls on the path, which is hard ground, and describes the birds coming and snatching up the seeds. Hear how Jesus explains it to his disciples. He says, when anyone hears the word of the kingdom, and does not understand it, the evil one comes and snatches away what is sown in the heart. Next, he explains the seed that falls on rocky soil. The seed penetrates the ground and a plant does spring up, but no roots can grow amidst the rocks, so it's quickly scorched by the sun and withers away. This represents a person who hears the word of God receives it with joy, but then there's no depth or place for the roots of faith to grow deep and to be nourished in a person's heart and life. So when having a faith in God becomes hard or faces heat, it withers away and dies. Next he explains the seed that falls on thorny ground and whose plant growth gets choked by the thorns. This represents the person who receives the word, but the things that are given value and importance by the world, such as wealth, take the space of any potential growth in faith or any potential for the person to be an effective instrument of God's goodness in the world. Lastly, he explains that this, there's some seed that falls on good soil rich soil. And this is the person that hears the word, understands it, and yields fruit in the kingdom of God. And I love this, perhaps to dispel any spirit of comparison among the people or among his disciples, he says, yields fruit, some a hundredfold, some sixty, some thirty. Almost as if specifying, it's not about it's not about the amount of crop yielded, it's about the soil that was in a state to yield fruit at all. So as we continue to talk about this, do you resonate with any of these types of soil? In just a few minutes, we're gonna focus on what it means to resonate with the good soil, the nutritious soil, the receptive soil. And this is really the heart of this passage, that we, as disciples of Jesus, want to be receptive to God's word in our lives. We don't want to be closed off to his word 
or to his voice or to the guiding of his spirit. One of the things that God revealed to me for the first time this week when I was reading this passage is that Jesus gives no instruction here. He's simply describing the way things are. He's naming a truth about human nature and about spirituality. And because of this, I see this moment, this parable, as Jesus wearing his prophet hat. He's not prophesying about the future, like how Joseph's dreams are prophecies that would later be realized in his life. Rather, he's shedding light on the current truth about God's people. Also, when reading this passage this week, one of the questions that came to my mind, though, was, but why did Jesus explain this parable so bluntly to his disciples, but teach it in a parable to the crowd of, of people? So the disciples asked Jesus this same question, and this is how he answers. The reason I speak to them in parables is that seeing they do not perceive, and hearing they do not listen, nor do they understand. With them indeed is fulfilled the prophecy of Isaiah that says, You will indeed listen, but never understand. And you will indeed look, but never perceive. For this people's heart has grown dull, and their eyes are hard of hearing, I'm sorry, their ears are hard of hearing and their eyes have shut so that they might not look with their eyes and listen with their ears and understand with their heart and turn and I would heal them. So remember, he's already engaged with God's people for a while now, especially their leaders. And he's found that this Isaiah prophecy is relevant, that this people's heart has grown dull and their ears are hard of hearing and have shut their eyes. And this is why it's important to know that he's changed his teaching style to a parable for this reason. Because now a parable puts the responsibility back on the people. And that you only see its meaning if you have this heart of receptive soil. And that if you're either too lazy or not interested in figuring out the, what the, the truth of the, the word of the kingdom of God, or if you're blinded by your own prejudice or pride or legalism, then you will miss the meaning. So this is a prophetic word to the people saying, this has been a reality in the time of Isaiah. This is a reality now, and it will be a reality in the future. And the reality is this, that both human nature and human spirituality, the Word of God needs to be met with a good heart of soil in order to take root and produce fruit. That it's not just a given that God's people will be ready at heart to digest His Word. The reality is that life is like the ground and our hearts are like the soil so when the seed of God's word is scattered and sown, what kind of soil do you want to be? Do I want to be? Hardened soil? Shallow soil? Distracted soil? 
or good, nutritious soil attentive to God's presence. So how can we apply this to our lives and our walk with the Lord now? Well, let me offer you a, 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 two kind, a two-sided coin to consider. And the first side is an encouragement. See, Jesus ends his explanation to his disciples by saying this, But blessed are your eyes, for they see, and your ears, for they hear. Truly I tell you, many prophets and righteous people longed to see what you see, but did not see it, and to hear what you hear, but did not hear it. And so the encouragement is that we are the disciples of Christ. We are the extension of his first followers who have heard and seen and digested the gospel. This blessing of a clear window into God's truth is open to each of us simply by knowing and following Jesus. And the fact that we have come to worship together today means that we have that blessing of truth from God. But the other side of the coin is a warning or a sobering reality. It's that not only are we disciples of Christ, but we also have a lot in common with the people of God at this time, at the time of, of when Jesus brought this parable. We too are subject to letting our hearts become these other types of soil. Soil that is not receptive to the word of the living God. This parable can often be used when talking about evangelism, which I believe it's very fit for, but let us not forget that Jesus wasn't preaching the word of God to, to Gentiles. He was preaching God's word to God's people, the Jews, who had over generations and generations grown blind and deaf to God's word in their hearts. So let us pray that none of us make the mistake of closing ourselves off to God's word with our own pride or our own routine religion instead of leaning on the living God. But rather, each of us seek his will and listen to his voice as he leads us, even down new paths that we haven't journeyed with him before. When I was praying at the beginning of this week that God would help me choose a scripture to preach on, I went to the lectionary, which gives five different scripture options for preaching for that week. I read through all of them, and this was the last one. And when I read it, it felt so clear to me that this parable was fitting for this season in the church. And as I thought about why that was, I thought about the enormous rise of awareness into realities of racial injustice and systemic racism in our nation. And I want to be clear in my definition of this season that while the awful truth is that these evils of racism are not new or unique to this season, but what is new and unique is the immense wave of justified upheaval over how certain systems have allowed for such evil. And further, the awareness that there is a connectedness between 
us all in our nation such that we carry responsibility for these systems. And so I think why this parable felt so fitting for me was that both with this renewed push towards racial justice, with systems and institutions, including the, the American church or, or the white evangelical church of the West being humbled for past hurts or complicities, and on top of it all, a global pandemic that has shaken every person's routines and lifestyle. I think, I think in all of this, God is at work in amazing ways. He's doing amazing things. And we as his disciples don't want to miss out on what he's doing. And we don't want to miss out on his calling to us to be humble or repentant or more focused on him or whatever work his spirit is doing in you during this season. We want to be good soil receptive to his word. So to close our time, I want to offer a few thoughts on what it looks like to have a heart of good soil. And, and, and I'm going to include some biblical examples that I think are in line with having good soil. Do you have a teachable heart? A heart that trusts God above yourself? A heart that is ready to surrender to Him? I believe these are signs of good soil. David says in Psalm 51, the sacrifice acceptable, acceptable to God is a broken spirit, a broken and contrite heart, O God, you will not despise. And so a, a broken heart is, can be good soil for the word of God so that he can be your rock and our salvation. Jesus says earlier in Matthew, come to me all who are weary and carrying heavy burdens and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me for I am gentle and humble in heart and you will find rest for your souls for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. So if you've been carrying a heavy burden around and you're ready to find rest from it in Jesus, that is good soil for his word. Matthew 11, Jesus says, I thank you, Father, Lord of heaven and earth, because you have hidden these things from the wise and intelligent and have revealed them to infants. Yes, Father, for such was your gracious will. So having a childlike humble, simple faith can be good soil. Frazier Venter, our super, one of our superintendents, gave the Wednesday word this past week and, and uh, taught from Philippians 4, saying, Finally, beloved, whatever is true, honorable, just, pure, pleasing, commendable, if there's any, anything of excellence or worthy of praise, dwell on these things. I think that dwelling on these things is good soil for the heart. When Jesus taught his Sermon on the Mount, he said, blessed are the poor in spirit, those who mourn, the meek, those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, the merciful, the peacemakers, those who are persecuted for righteousness sake, these things are good soil. 
So church, I have no doubt that, that many of us have hearts of good soil. But if you feel at all convicted that you haven't been receptive to God's word in this season, I encourage you to ask him to spend some time in prayer and surrender and, and seek an answer to that. I also encourage you to talk to someone, talk to a pastor or to someone you know who, who you think has this heart of good soil. Beneath our videos every Sunday are, are some links and two of those links are a prayer card and a commitment card. I encourage you that, that if God puts something on your heart, a commitment that you want to make to being more receptive to his word or, or some barrier that you need prayer for, that you want us to come alongside you in prayer, fill out one of those, one of those forms and we will be with you on that journey as we're all on that journey together. And so, church, let us not miss out on what he's doing in the world. Let us not miss out on what he's doing in his church this season. Amen. Thank you for listening. If you would like to learn more about the Free Methodist Church of Santa Barbara, you can visit us online at fmcsb.org. We pray this message has been a blessing to you.